going. It's ready. Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And here we are in picturesque Southampton on a chilled winter's eve with coffee and chocolate. Bucolic Southampton. Bucolic Southampton on a chill winter's eve. And uh, Dopey Nation, the jail episodes part two, forthcoming at another date. Why? It just takes a lot out of me to get into it right now. I'm just not feeling like delving into that that darkness. Well, it's something for everybody to look look forward to. Yeah, there's that too. Because those were crazy fucking stories, for real. And uh, we also got a ton of emails about them from people in jail, and I think that you actually did a lot of good for people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Well, I don't know if I did good, but people shared their own jail stories, which were interesting. And I, I honestly do think that there could be an amazing podcast. Uh, Don't tell them. Someone will do it. Let them do it. I mean, you know, I, I forgot. We have to give a shout out. Um, oh, we had a shout out to, to Scott uh, hold on, first. I'm t- hold on. You want to do your, your shout yeah, out first? Your, uh, this is a shout out to Scott and to the people. Uh, I'm sorry. Delaying to try to draw it up. Give one to the prep guys at Monero. So what's up, prep guys at Monero, if you're listening to this? Hopefully we're making your... Um, que paso. Que paso. Muchachos. Amigos. Que paso. hijo. <laughs> what is that? It's like, what's up, uncle or something. What's <laughs> no, hijo is nephew. Nephew, yeah, something. Dime primos. Dime primos. Um, oh, I want to give a shout out to... Why are we assuming that they're Hispanic? Because I thought he said they were Spanish. Did he? Okay, well, Scott, let us know. The prep, prep guys, what's the restaurant called? Uh, Minero. <laughs> prep guys at Minero. Uh, or Minero. Or Minero. It's Minero. Minero. Whatever. Maybe it's a Greek place. Yeah. O- Opa. Opa. Um, hello, Orale. you guys. Okay. Now, right. there's a story about the Velvet Underground. I'm Is that Elliot Smith? No, it's a band called The Velvet Underground. Yeah, but isn't Elliot Smith part of it? Is that a joke? No. You're joking, right? Yes. Lou Reed. Very good. Should we do my music test now? Oh, but first I have to do the shout-out. My okay. dad, you know my dad gets so mad when he listens to the show and we say one thing and then we do something else? It makes him crazy. Well, your dad's a teacher. He cringes if... If we second guess or we do something else, you know what That's else? That's the whole show, though. So he hates everything. I don't know why he listens. Yeah. Hi, Dad. How are you? Hey, Alan. Um, we go to a restaurant often, or we used to. This would happen all the time, yeah. especially when I was first getting clean or if I was still using. We'd go to a restaurant and I'd order something, and I would get so upset at what I ordered that I would say, "You know, Dad, I don't think I got the right thing." I would like get upset, and then I would. I would. I'm gonna have to change the order. <laughs> I would get no, up. I would get up, and I would get oh the my waiter. God, that would piss me off. I would, if I was but but it would happen often. I, I would do that often. I do. That, I do that with with Linda. I, I would just. Did, I've done that forever. I don't do that anymore. You know, when I was a, a little kid, well, I was not a little kid. I was like 16. I thought I was being funny, and I was at a steakhouse, and I ordered a filet mignon, like a filet mignon, yeah. but I pronounced it filet yeah. mignon. And then, like, a side of, like, a potato or something. And then I was like, no, like, I'm just kidding, you know? Like, I meant I was kidding in the way that I pronounced it. And then they thought I was kidding about the order. So they only brought me the potato. I still remember it to this day. It's mm. very, very frustrating. Serves you right. Yeah. Now I want to give my... You know, I hate You didn't the- like that story? Oh. You didn't like that story, did you? 
I guess I didn't like that story. <laughs> I mean, I get it's fine story. You You're just understand. such an annoying kid, Follett Mignon, and then you don't get it. It's like fuck you. You don't deserve it. You know what I mean? You don't deserve your Follett. Yeah, I don't deserve it. Edmonero or whatever. <laughs> Do you guys sell Follets at Mignero's? McNarrow's. I thought of a. Well, you, why are you telling a story? What are you doing? I'm first of all saying that I'm not going to say shout out anymore. I don't like the expression. Shout out. Shout out. It's shout just out. so fucking annoying. It's like when you say when you're wondering why someone doesn't get off the phone earlier. Uh, Chris is like, I wonder why he didn't peace out sooner. <laughs> it's like, how do you fucking talk like that? Peace out. Yeah, you never say that. You could be like, Yo, peace out, homie. But you don't say to peace out. Like I, I wonder, do. I wonder why she didn't peace out earlier. <laughs> grandma was here very late. I wonder why she didn't peace out sooner. Uh, does your grandmother peace you already, out, what? or does she leave? My grandma's passed away. Your mother. Does your mother peace out? I wonder why mom stayed so long. I expect her to peace out. Would you say that she peaces out? She does the peace symbol and then she kisses. She kisses her fist. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you want to hear this little stupid no, story? No, I, I need to give my hello, my. My not shout out, my oh, acknowledgement oh, okay. for Ryan Corazzini. Who's this? Um, Ryan Corazzini, and I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name or I'm not even supposed to say your name. Yeah. He is a fan from Boston who started a sound, uh, a podcast called The Trip that we inspired about cool. tripping and smoking weed and drugs and stuff. Very cool. Now, the story about the Velvet Underground and the Ramones, it's the same story, is they say that because they never sold a lot of records like they were but but that the t-shirts right that's not the story yeah. but, but that, they did sell a lot of t-shirts well right? the ramones made their fortune oh. selling t-shirts i don't think we're going to though because i think we've sold four <laughs> yeah there are t-shirts available at dopey or dot com, right yes and uh if you really want a hat i think i have Seven hats, so... You still have hats? Yeah. Oh. I have seven hats. People, all these people, there's already seven people who want hats. All right, so you seven, yeah. give me your address, and there's somebody else I said I was going to send them a hat. I'm sorry I haven't sent the hat yet. Uh, the hats yeah, are going to go Just so you know, if Dave says that, and if you give him your, your address, there's very high likelihood you will not receive anything. That, that's not true. I sent out three hats. Uh, what's his face? How many did you promise to send out? Four. You I'm only, only one short. Okay. And what I'm not sure. That one? I just put it off. I don't even remember who it was. Should I find out who that was and apologize? No, you should do Oh, it's Mr. You... It's Uncle Albert. Brian. I owe you a hat. You'll get it. I promise. No, there was some chick that wanted one. She didn't send us her fucking shit. <clears throat> All right, so... What are you doing right now? I was saying that the thing they say about the Velvet Underground and the Ramones is that they never got that big. Um, but that everybody that went to see them started their own band. So like with us, maybe we're not going to get that big, but we're inspiring a lot of podcasts. There's Church and Other Drugs, there's The Trip, and uh, and you should be very proud of that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Are you proud? I am proud. Are you really? You don't look proud. No, I am. Totally. You, you don't look proud. I am very proud. You're proud. That's yes. nice. Now what were you going to say? Oh, I just thought of a funny story. Oh, great. It's not even that funny, though. Great. It's my favorite guy. In it. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know why. I just I just remember this randomly today. So I lived in um, Western Massachusetts for a couple of years. Then I moved to New York City for a couple of years, and then I moved back to Western Massachusetts for a couple of years. And the now, source, the source, and now I'm in Boston. Um, well, the first time I lived out there, um, we 
uh, rented an apartment with two sober friends and we never got, you have to pay where I was at for trash service and we never did it. And so all we would do is we had this big, huge like trash can and we'd fill it up and then we'd take this one giant bag of trash that was like so heavy and these like, those like contractor bags and we'd throw it in random dumpsters throughout town. Right. And you were sober at that point. Yeah, we were sober. And like, you know, there were other people's dumpsters, not ours. Right. And so, um, we went and did this over and over and over and, uh, I went and I went to New York and I came back, right? And I had some trash that I had to get rid of. So I went around to the different dumpsters and they all had padlocks on them. Like, so people were like pissed what we were doing, right? So I had to find somewhere else to do it. Well, anyways, I just remember this one time. So I was living in this sober house for like two months and it was this really weird room in the attic, right? And the attic. And, uh, I would pee in bottles. The attic. Yeah. There's this room in the attic. <laughs> There's an attic in the attic. Uh, so I'd pee in bottles, those big Poland spring bottles, and it was really disgusting because I'd fill them up, like, to the brim. Like, I'd pee in it, like, 50 times, like, until it was filled to the brim, and then I'd, like, start a new one. <laughs> so, you you so do this regularly. Well, Wherever you lived and used, there were urine bottles. There were, there were bowls under the bed, and there were, there's, like, urine well, bottles in the gotta, closet. Gotta, in the middle of the night, it'd be pitch black, and it has this weird staircase where you had to contort your body in a certain way to get down it to get to the bathroom. So it was it was out of functionality, you know what I mean? It was No, much there's a certain, a certain, what's the word? Um, type of person but there's a word for it like when you when you describe somebody as type this or what's the word diagnosis pathology there is a pathology to urinating in a no, bottle I'm just laid back you know it's not true I, in my I'm 42 years old yeah. I've never never urinated <laughs> in a bottle really never I can't believe that never that's literally shocking you know I once okay I'm gonna finish that story but one time I actually almost swallowed my own piss because I used to drink and drive all the time and I'd be on the highway and there'd be traffic and I used to drink Arizona green teas. And that was had, your drink at that, that point? That was my drink at that point and they have that wrap around it, right? And so I had to pee and I pissed in an Arizona green tea and then I just threw it in the back. Well, like a month later, I was drinking and I needed a chaser and I had like no chaser. I just had like a pint of vodka. So I rumbled around back there and I found the Arizona green tea and there's that wrap around it and plus piss kind of looks like green tea and so I took like a big swig off, you know, the pint and then I opened up the green tea to take it and like the it, smell it, it was old. Nose. Yeah. So the smell hit my nose as the piss was coming and the, and the piss came up and touched my lip. I didn't swallow it and I realized like what it was and didn't drink my own piss. But anyways, back to the sober living thing. So I fill up these jugs full of pee, right? There's those big Poland spring bottles. You know what I'm just talking about? You'd fill gigantic water cooler bottles of yeast? <laughs> yes. There was like four of them full of urine, right? And so finally I was like, oh, this is disgusting. It's like over two months. I was like, I got to get rid of these. So Are you talking about like three and a half foot high bottles of I'm urine? talking about the ones. There's a Poland Springs circular one that's like this big. Okay. You know he, he's kind of showing like a foot and a half. Not one of the it's ones like that you... It's like a paint bucket. Maybe a little bigger than a paint bucket. How many did you have in your room? I had like four that were full. And at this point I was like, I need to get rid of them, right? So I would, um, so I put them in a, a trash bag, right? And I was driving around and I was trying to find somewhere to throw them away. And all the places were padlocked from years of me and my roommates. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they padlocked them just because of you. No, guys. they definitely did because they were getting pissed about it. I'm sure there's a ton of fucking junkies in Boston throwing trash around. Trust me, we were like the only people. This is a little, this is a little town. It's called Sheffield. This is a little town in Western Mass. 
Um, so anyways, I find this one dumpster that I'd used before and I go throw it away. And I still have New York plates on my car at this time. So my car's idling. I like look around, jump out, and I throw it in and I throw it in, I'm getting back to my car and this guy comes out in a wheelchair and he starts yelling at me. And I still remember exactly what he said. He's like, he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, and I like smile. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he's like, he's like the Pepperidge Farm guy. What are you doing? Does he have an accent? No, he didn't have an accent. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, he was like, I was like, ah, oh, just throwing the trash away. I was like, he's like, you can't do that. And then this, this is what he said, which made no sense. He saw my license plate, and he goes, he's like, you new New Yorkers. He's like. You come up here, he's like, you eat your lunch, and you think you can just throw it away? <laughs> You're pissing your bottles, because Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> and then I, just remember, I, was like, I was like, oh, like, do you want me to get it out of there? And he like sat and thought about it for like a second. And I was like, you God. said, do you want me to take it out? Yeah, and I was like, I really hope it's one because it's just jugs of urine. <laughs> <laughs> you city slickers, peeing in bottles and throwing them in my trash. <laughs> You didn't make me take it out, though. You city slickers <laughs> think you can eat your lunch and throw it away. I don't know, what the fuck does that even mean? Dude, do you remember the Pepperidge Farm commercials, though? No. Oh, my God. The guy is some guy from New Hampshire, and he's sitting on his porch. He goes, I remember those days when I would have my farm, and we would make our chocolate by the spoonful, because Pepperidge Farm remembers. And he has this New Hampshire accent. It's just, that's what I'm seeing no, when I hear this story. I don't remember that. You city sluggers, you with your lunch, your chicken parmesan sandwich, <laughs> you think you could throw it away. Little did he know. It's a trash bag full of urine. No, it's a trash bag full of gigantic bottles. Of old urine. Of old urine. <laughs> so disgusting. Oh my God, it's bad, dude. Number one, I want to say... <laughs> that you're wrong. That the whole carding and garbage industry changed in the last ten no, years. No, let me tell you something else. First of all, when we finally had to move out of that apartment, because I moved back into this old apartment for a little bit, we went and threw all this shit away at the dump. And I just we didn't like they don't like guard stuff. And like on the weekend, there's like nobody there, so we went and threw all this shit away at the dump. And then we got a call from the dump. They went through it and found. Um, the urine bottles? No, they, they found, like, our contact information, and they said they were going to call the police unless we came in. Because you were them. illegally dumping. You have to pay to dump. That was the only time we paid to dump. I really don't think you should lie down now. <laughs> I do not think that that's <laughs> okay, the move. Right. This is the move. All right, I'll sit up. I don't think that's the move. Okay, what are you doing? Are you telling the Nerdle story? No. Why not? Remember making toast in a gizmo like this? Maybe you remember Grandma toasting homemade raisin bread, loaded with plump raisins. That's right, picture of the girl. with cinnamon, that sweet aroma, wafting <laughs> through the kitchen. Pepperidge Farm remembers they're remember making raisin guy. bread like Grandma that. made. No artificial preservatives. <laughs> a treat for breakfast, coffee breaks for midnight munchies. Try it. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm raisin bread. All right, get it out. What a beautiful Farm thing. Remembers. Should we play that voice? You remember? Ball? You remember when we would urinate in bottles and throw it in the dumpster? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Should we play that voice memo? You don't think the Pepperidge Farm remembers is funny? Why do I, I do. think it's so no? Funny? I think it's funny. It's just it's funniness is over. Pepperidge Farm remembers, <laughs> man. Um, no, I want to tell this story. The, no, the neural story? No. Why not? I want to hear the neural story. I was going to tell you a story that you've never heard, but it's not a drug story. Let's play the. Um, Let's let's play a voice memo. Why? 
Because this is a really good one. I liked it. And, right. have, and you haven't heard it yet. All right, but... Okay, here. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Dopey Nation. This is um, from this guy, Peter, and he's working at a convenience store when he recorded this for us. So um, it kind of... Uh, he keeps getting interrupted to serve customers, but I thought it was pretty funny. All right? Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris. This is Peter from... Lancaster, Pennsylvania, home of the Amish. I uh, love the show, guys. Um, spoke to Dave a few times. I assume it was Dave on the uh, dopey Facebook uh, messenger. So um, I'm sitting here at work at a shitty convenience store, and um, it's pretty dead, so I figured I'd just, you know, go ahead and tell a few stories. Um, oh, yeah, as an idea... Um, I know there might be some liability issues here, but, uh, you know, maybe you guys could talk about, you know, shitty jobs you've had, getting fucked up on the job. I just listened to the one about the big bird costume with the hairy legs. That's ridiculous. Um, all right. So I figured just right off the top of my head, I got a, I got a pretty funny story. At least it was to me. And kind of a sad, depraved kind of story. And I think I had another one, but I'm kind of shot out. So uh, if I remember it, I'll see if I can tell it. So, um, all right. So to set the stage, I was at um, somebody's shitty apartment. And um, we were all drinking because, like Chris, I'm a blue-blooded alcoholic uh, through and through slash opiate addict but you know so I must have been 20 years old so this is uh five five six years ago and we're all sitting around getting drunk and um somehow we get on the top topic of huffing duster now I never huffed duster because that shit you know that just scared the crap out of me because I heard of like uh instant huffing death if that's a thing so um so I was very hesitant to uh, I was very hesitant to partake in that. But you know, there's this kid. We'll call him Felon. That's a bastardization of his last bastardization of his last name. So this Felon guy, he's uh, huffing this air duster, having a really good time with it, and we're all kind of just watching him, like, oh, whoa, dude, like slow down he's like taking huge computer duster huffs and like talking like darth vader and he's having so much fun with this that we have to hide the duster from him so we hide the duster in uh in like a cabinet in the kitchen and uh we all go out for a cigarette and this felon uh stays back so we um we go back inside to find him rummaging through the cabinets. All right, sorry guys, I had a uh, customer. If that happens again, and I seem to like be a little disconjointed, that's why. So, all right, so we call, we come in for our cigarette. We're when we come in to find this felon guy rummaging around, looking for the duster because he had an inkling of where it could be, but he didn't find the duster. Instead, he found. One of those, like, mini red fire extinguishers, you know, that people have around their house just for safety. And, like, where, it, like, he has it, and we kind of just, like, I don't know, go back to the living room and, 
you know, just kind of uh, pay him no mind. Uh, and he goes on looking for a little bit, and he, uh, I guess he doesn't find it. So, so he picks up the fire extinguisher again, and <laughs> he, he's kind of all loopy from all the, I guess, lack of oxygen to the brain. So he picks up the fire extinguisher and kind of looks at us and goes, <laughs> like, laughs and says, uh, I'm going to huff it. And he holds the hose to his mouth and, you know, and we kind of look at him and, like, we're just like, no, he's not going to do it. And we all go back to playing cards or something. And um, I look over just in time to see him hold the, the nozzle to his open mouth, like, an, an inch away from his mouth and pulled the trigger which released like a a jet of like chemical powder up this kid's nose down his throat and in the process of that coating the entire kitchen with some chemical fire retardant so I hate this fucking job worse than uh, fucking any job. Being a convenience store bitch is the worst because people, they're all fucking egocentric pieces of shit. Like, like I'm sitting here, at, like, wait, I got this job at this company at 25 years old, and I was just waiting for you to come up to this gas station so I could put the wrong type of fuel onto the pump like if you don't tell me like you want plus or premium i'm gonna give you unleaded everybody uses unleaded so when you come up to the fucking window screaming at me about your fucking tank you know only takes the fucking premium like you gotta let me know like i no i'm not pissed at you i wasn't waiting for you just to ruin your day you know just get over your fucking self but i guess that's what i get for being a fucking heroin addict with a shitty ass work history Alright I digress So this kid Fucking takes a fucking load of chemical Retarded to the face I don't even want to finish this story I'm too upset And um And The homeowner is pissed Because the couch The kitchen The sink Is covered in a fine f- uh, Film of You know this, this like It's really tangy tasting It's hard to describe But And um and I swear to God, if I had filmed that kid takes fire extinguisher to the face and put it on YouTube, I would have been a millionaire because it was hilarious. All right. And the second short story, this is a sad one, just to show that addiction isn't all funny. So my grandma, the first time I ever got high on opiates, she had these oxys. And I don't know what, I must have been like 13 or 14. I don't know what kind they were. All I know is that they were orange with a black OC. This lady had cancer. So so it's funny because this comes full circle. So I stole all these pills. I took them, started nodding out, and, you know, it was awesome. Itching all over the place, blah, blah, blah. But my opiate addiction hadn't taken off. So fast forward to a couple years ago. It's before I tried to get clean for, like, this 80th time. We go visit this this nice lady, this old woman uh, in her nursing home because she was getting kind of sick. She needed some extra care. It was around Christmas time, so my brother, my sister, 
whole family goes to see this poor lady in her uh, in her nursing home. And I think I was dope sick or or something like that. I was I was on a run. So she breaks out the uh, the the uh, the Christmas cards. All right, another interruption. So she gives everybody. I see the stack of. I had some cousins that live in Virginia. You know, they were gonna come down, but so I see these stack of Christmas cards. I open mine up, and lo and behold, there's a. Uh, I see, fucking Andrew Jackson. Or wait, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, I see a nice Hamilton, ten dollar bill, and I'm just like, all right, you know, that's some, but not enough. So instantly, my eyes wander over to the the pile of Christmas cards that are not for me. So as my uh, grandmother, this lady's on her deathbed, you know, just on her last legs, you know, has the forethought and kindness to, you know, just give give out some money to to these, you know, fucking snot-nosed piece of shit. All right, another interruption. But all right, so this woman, you know, has her whole, you know, the, the kindness of her heart, you know, her soul is leaving her body. She's shuffling off her mortal, mortal coil, and she, you know, all these grandkids she gives at least $10 to. So me being the dope fiend, I wander over and, you know, this is this is a task because everybody's kind of around this little desk where the cards are and they're not in envelopes but like you know they're kind of stacked on each other so i don't know i use some like sleight of hand you know like i would like talk or ask questions or like shuffle around just being real shady just so i can maneuver myself um in the perfect position to take all these cards and I think my uncle stopped by, and I was able to uh, use his presence as a distraction to get, I think, at least $30. Thank you. And, um, all right, so, I mean, this story is so convoluted, I don't even mind if you guys don't air it at this point. Uh, long story short, I somehow finagled, like, 30 or $40, and I thought that was the end of it, and, but, um... So we go back to uh, the next uh, like week or so, and poor grandma is talking about how one of the nurses must have swiped uh, the money out of these gift cards, and you know, of course, I was all too happy uh, to let the nurse take the fall for it. Um, but yeah, there's uh, tons of other stories. Those are just off the top of my head. Um, you guys, keep it up. Uh, keep going to meetings, you know, keep kicking ass, dopey nation, stay strong, peace. It's recording. I know. Yeah. I know. Thank you, Peter. Peter did, I, I was messaging with Peter on uh, Facebook and he wanted us to say what's up to Kensington. Hey, Kensington. Kensington, PA. Who's Kensington? It's a fucked up town in Pennsylvania. Oh, it's where he's from. I guess it's in within Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. But uh, I love that grandma blamed the nurses. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I didn't mind the interruptions. I'm sure the Dopey Nation would get bothered by them, but I kind of liked it. It was very <coughs> very real. I would have loved it if you hear some dude like being like, I want it unleaded, <coughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been funny. Yeah. But uh, thank you for the voicemail. We love voicemails. Uh, we love emails. We love anything from the Dopey Nation. We yeah. love hearing that we uh, are in your life. 
and it's fun to be in your life. But I will tell the Nerdle story because... You're going to tell it? Yeah. I thought be- there was some other story you wanted to tell. There is, but he wants... It's an on-the-job story. And I remember when that other dude, uh, Eric, left the voicemail about jobs and I told the Big Bird story, or whoever wrote about... That's, yeah. That's why I told the Big the Bird story. The Big Bird story. story is a big hit. Well, it's like a funny it. story. But the Nerdle story was an on-the-job story. You're positive you haven't told it in an episode that's available. I'm fairly sure it was a lost tape. Because this story. was uh, Dopey Nation. This was originally a lost tape. It was in episode like four, four or six. six or eight. And if anybody's tuning in for the first time, the reason there's only odd episodes in the beginning is because Dave is an idiot. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fair. Yeah. We had to delete a bunch of Dave's tapes, and then we had to delete one because we pissed someone off in AA, and then we had to delete one because I said some stupid stuff. Oh, and we'll leave it there. Oh, it's, fun, it's it's funny how you jump into the pool and you're like, "Ooh, it's too hot for me to stay in this pool." Um, I was living in Los Angeles, yeah, and I just gotten out of treatment. Okay, uh, and I was in treatment in Florida, mm-hmm. and. My parent. I, I had an apartment in Manhattan that was $310 a month, and the people at Renaissance told my parents that if they paid the rent while I was at treatment, they would be enabling me. Yeah. So they must give up an apartment in Manhattan that costs $310 yeah, a month. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. People don't understand how crazy that is. Okay. Um, and I was very upset, and I had some friends in L.A., uh, Todd being one of them, and I moved in with my friend Todd and Jeremy, who was on the show. Uh, who had the smoking and plane story on the show. And I move in with them, and they they had a friend who was in production, and I was like, hey, I used to do production. Could you get me a job? He says, sure, I can get you a PA on this uh, toothpaste commercial. I was like, great. And um, But the second the plane touched down in L.A., I was smoking weed, and Todd was away for the weekend, and the second Todd came home, he was like, oh, yeah, I started smoking crystal meth. you want to try some? I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And had you done crystal meth? No, before? I had never done it before. So I just started smoking crystal meth with Todd. Who calls it crystal meth? I do. You do? Do you, I mean... Always. You, really? Always. Because meth just seems so casual. It's like I don't say I'm piecing out. I say I smoke crystal meth. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. I don't, right. you know, it's like, you know, Dumbo stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. I was thinking of the elephant. I say I'm down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. <laughs> I don't say I'm in Dumbo. Uh, it's just I don't say I'm in Soho. I'm south of Houston. I don't like that shit. It's too casual for me. It just is. You don't say that. Which? South of Houston. Yeah, I'm, I'm south of Houston. What if you're on Houston? Then I say, I'm on Houston. But do people say they're on ho? We've had this joke on Toby <laughs> before. Did you make I that up? bringing it back. Yeah. Did you make that up? I did. Anyway. What do you think? I like it. I think it's really good. <laughs> I do. All right. So anyways, Todd has crystal meth. You just got to L.A. And he and would get crystal meth from this really like classic crystal meth addict named Diggy. Diggy. His name was Diggy. And he was like. like he was a meth addict. And you guys were crystal meth users. Todd was a meth user. And, and, and a borderline uh, meth addict, because yeah. Todd got into it. But I was a crystal meth dabbler. Whatever happened to Crystal Method? Remember them? They were bad. I used to listen to I'm them. I'm sure you loved them. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to them. Okay, so anyway, so you are... Um, what are you doing with the phone? You got... You're not, you have to check Instagram just in case the Eastside Crackhead put up a new video <laughs> of dead ass? Uh... 
No, actually, what I'm going to do yes. is... Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're just going with it, huh? I'm ready. You know, you've interrupted my story for this. You know what this is? Yeah, just can you give me the thing. It's crystal method. I know. Give me the phone. Okay. All right, no, I, I promise I won't use it. My word is my bond. Before we did okay, this, so uh, we is- talked about supporting each other in our stories, and you have not done that. You just you're like a child. I'm bringing back to it. So you're okay. a child. Okay, so Todd buys um, crystal meth from this crystal meth dealer named Diggy or something, right? I just thought Diggy's a funny name for a meth dealer. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway, so I'm smoking meth, crystal meth, as I like to call it. Yeah. And I'm on, I get this job on a toothpaste commercial as the PA. So um, I like I leave really early in the morning. Like the sun is still down. I remember I had a plastic bag and I put in it. Meth, I'll call it meth for your sake because now I feel self-conscious about saying crystal meth. Yeah. I put some crystal meth in, like a thumbnail's worth, and I put a little crystal meth pipe, and I take a nice big nugget of bud, and I put it in the same bag, and a bud pipe. And I put it all in a plastic bag because I don't want the meth. I just decide that's how I'm going to keep it all. Okay. And I put it in my pocket, and I drive, and I'm not a driver at that point. I drive to the set, yeah. and I'm, like, nervous, and I'm smoking meth in the car. Yeah, Dave's I, a horrible driver. And I'm smoking yeah. weed, and yeah. I'm just, like, totally nervous. And yeah. I'm also high on the crystal meth, which yeah. makes you crazy. Yeah. So um, I get to the set, and um, it's, a, it's a toothpaste commercial, and I find out when we get there, the main thing involved with the shooting is something called a nurdle. And I didn't know what a nurdle was before we, we I worked on the set. But apparently a nurdle is a ceramic object that is the toothpaste in a toothpaste commercial. Like when you see a kid holding a toothbrush, the nurdle is on the top of the toothbrush. Yeah. And that's like the, the nurdle. Aquafresh nurdle. Yes. yes. Like the little the perfect yes. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like the Aquafresh nurdle. Yeah. Like you've heard them on <laughs> a nurdle. Anyway, so they give me the box. Of all the props with all the nurdles. And I guess I was out of my Are mind. Are the nurdles all identical? No, I think they have a green nurdle, a white nurdle, a okay. mixed nurdle. I don't yeah. remember at, yeah. at all. But I don't remember doing this either. Yeah. But I have the, the, the bag of drugs and I didn't want to have it on me. Yeah. So for some reason, I put it in the box of props, of yeah. nurdles. Then I take the whole box of nurdles... I run into the bathroom, and I stash it under the sink in the warehouse of the bathroom. Then for hours, we're setting up lights, we're getting ready, it's getting set, you know, you're, you're, you're getting the whole set prepared to shoot. And they, they bring out the, they have little cases that they're going to shoot to show what the toothpaste looks like. And they're like, all right, bring in the nurdles. But nobody knew where the nurdles were. And, and in fact... I had forgotten that I had the nurdles and that I stashed them. And I also had forgotten somehow that I put the drugs in the same box. Yeah. So then I'm looking like I don't know where it is. And I really didn't know where it was. And then I look in the sink and I see the box of nurdles and I go, I found the box. Yeah. And I bring it over. And you don't remember? No, it was like, I don't know. It was like total out of body. I had been up the night before smoking the, the meth. And um, and I, I guess the producer is like looks in the box, and he sees the bag of drugs. He sees the meth and the weed and the pipe and the pipe. And I had like forgotten that I had put it there. Yeah. 
You know, I was not an experienced meth user yeah. is really the, the point of the story. And he takes it out and he's holding it and he's like, I was like, I don't know. And and we get back to work and like, because I was the hero. Yeah. I had found the nurdles. I wasn't yeah. the junkie <laughs> yeah. presenting the drugs. I was the hero who found the box of nurdles. Of course. And then we're kicking it for the rest of the day and like shooting and having fun. And I'm not really thinking about anything. But some weird like conscience thing kicks in. And, like, I'm having a really good day. There was this very cute girl on the craft services who I was hitting it off with. And I was feeling very at home. And and then I decide that I'm going to tell the producer that it was my weed. I think I wanted to get the bud back. I don't really remember the story. That it was my weed in the box, but I didn't know whose crystal meth it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So I go back to the guy and I tell him that. And he just fires me. Instantly? No. I worked the rest of the day, and then he pulls me aside, and he's like, you have problems. You can't work on the set anymore. Did you get the bud and math bag? I want to say I did. I want to say I did. It's a crazy story. doesn't really make it's, any sense. It makes no sense. It makes, it makes such little sense that it has to be true. You don't think it makes sense? No. <laughs> it's so confusing. Is it too confusing? It's not confusing. It's confusing because it's like... It's confusing because I don't really remember. Well, how long ago is it? 16 years ago. That's crazy. I wish you kept some of those nurdles. I didn't keep any of the nurdles, but then the the rest of the story... Or maybe it was a different story. Yeah, maybe that story is past the point of limitations to tell. What do you mean? Like, I don't remember what really happened. I know that I stashed the drugs in the box of Nurdles. Yeah. And I know that I confessed that it was my weed in the box. How did you expect that? I would so keep so my job. Guy, no, so there's another person also stashing stuff? Yeah, that's the way I think I explained it. <laughs> I know. It doesn't really make any sense. But it was a true story involving Nurdles. And I just figured, like... You know, I never tell stories you, anymore. I've heard this story before, and for some reason, whenever you tell it, what I always think of is Kramer going in interview, uh, going on those like commercial interviews. Do you remember that where he like drinks like Ovaltine and he's like dancing and stuff when he goes to L.A. Yeah, do you yeah, remember that yeah, episode? Yeah, 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 no. yeah. Why do you think of that? Because I think that you were the guy who was like telling Kramer what to do in the background. So wait, do you think that when you've heard this story before, did it make more sense? Uh, no, it was confusing then too. It's always a very confusing story. Mm. But what the fuck? What are you going to do? Yeah, it was an on-the-job thing you were going to tell. Well, where where are we at? We're at forty minutes. We're not supposed to say that. I'm just curious because we have to call Dave Mark. Dave, oh, let's call him. Um. The other story is a whole other story, but I the other story would make more sense, I'll tell you that. Are you calling him now? Sure. Does he know we're calling him? Yeah. Alright, this is my friend Dave, CrossFit trainer. He overdosed. He's been on the show before, guys. Did that story make no sense? No, it's good. I just like the nurdles. Yeah, me too. You held it. I don't want to. That's your phone. I held Hello. It. Hey, Dave. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. All what's right. up, my brother? 
going on? Nothing, just chilling. I just want to. I just want to warn you. I just told a story that doesn't make any sense, but Chris is like on drugs. <laughs> he's he's like past this, the 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 time of uh, expiration. Is he rocking back and forth? He's got that fucking zombie <laughs> stare going, and his hair looks funny. He's, he's he's in the he's in the zone. Dave's been dressing me down with his with his eyes, like showing disapproval. I don't. I just straight up, <laughs> straight up disapproval. Uh, but I just told a very confusing every episode, right? Maybe, but I just told a very confusing story, so I really can't disapprove of Chris. But how are you? It's more important. It's way more important. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, I went to a meeting earlier. Had kind of a bummer of a day. I'm at my friend's house now. You're not all right, Dave. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had better days. That's for sure. Do you want to talk about it? Um, I mean, we can. I mean, my, you know, I told you earlier, my girlfriend broke up with me. That sucks. Um, well, set it up for the people so they know what happened and then um, say how you're dealing with it. Um, all right. Well. Wait, is this all right to do? You know what I mean? If she listens, this is bad. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't no, know. She's probably not going to listen to it. I mean, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. I mean, basically, you know, it's. It is my fault. Well, Dave, know, say if, a uh, bunch of good things about her right now. Just in case then, she listens to it. And then if she listens to it, she'll take you back. I tried that. I've no, tried this I'm angle with, with a woman before. I'm not about that right now. I mean, it's, you know, she's, I don't, you know, obviously I have nothing against her at all. And actually, you know, I don't, I can't even really blame her for breaking up with me. I wish she hadn't. But, you know, I mean, when you're using drugs and lying all the time, you kind of, you know, or disrespecting the person you're lying to on a regular basis when, you know, you should be sharing your life with that person and they find out all this shit you've done, you know. Not that I was doing anything crazy other than, you know, getting high, but still lying to her on a regular basis. And sure, he has, you know, a lot of anxiety to begin with, and she's, like, she's not a drug addict at all. So, like, I just like made her anxiety really fucking bad the past you know four or five months however long it's you know been bad and uh it just i think now that you know i'm sober and it there was time for her to like kind of process everything and like i think it settled in more and she's been like worse and she's just like i can't do it anymore right it's probably what it really has to do with it's like when when somebody it's like for us when we get to get high we're not like lying for any other purpose than to be able to get high, but yeah, exactly. But for the other person, they're being lied to, and they're hurt. Yeah, she doesn't get it. Huh? Yeah, exactly. She doesn't understand. You know that I'm like in my head. I'm like, you know, I was like, I was, I was trying to hurt you. I was just fucked up. It had nothing know? to do with her. Yeah, exactly. But she had to fucking but, bear the weight of it. Exactly. But the, uh, the the other side uh, of it, though, is like that... a victim of it, I guess. Right. But then the other side of it is now that you're sober, it's like the crazy has passed and she's sort of just sitting with it and probably she's realizing other stuff that you had lied about to cover up this or that. And it's like, it's all just like rushing to the surface. But like, I bet with time that could change. Yeah, it might. You never know. Like, I'm just trying to... I, like not think about it too much and just stay present because I'm like 
since I got sober, like my life has been, it's like has been completely turned upside down. Like I bought my business partner out. We're moving the gym. Now my girlfriend broke up with me. Like everything is different since I got sober. You know. Well, what are you doing at cope? Two and a half weeks. That's crazy. What are you? What do you say? What are you doing? He said that was all in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, what are you doing what at you Cope, want? Dave? What's I mean? What do you, what'd you do today? Um, so after she broke up with me, well, I was working all morning. I had a um, nine a.m. class. I had a one-on-one with this woman at ten, and then my rugby team came in at eleven. And then uh, I left the gym and uh, called my sponsor and talked to him, and he helped a little bit. You know, he's uh, he's a good dude. And then I went. Sat, so basically just sat around all day. I had to go get my nephew some birthday presents. And then I went to a meeting, and now I'm at my friend's house. It's, That's basically it. Yeah, I guess going to a meeting and talking to my sponsor is how I cope. It's fucking tough, man. I totally hear you. I know what that's like. It's the worst. Yeah, it's a bummer. I, it's, uh, like, she, I've never, she's the longest I've ever been in a relationship is with her, you know, so... Yeah, I I know for me, like, the one of the hard... They always say, you know, romance and finance, that's the thing that take people out. And I know for me, any sort of stuff with women is the quickest way to, like, upset my equilibrium in sobriety. Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a a serious distraction, you know, because, you know, with her, I want to make her happy. And then it's, you know, but... At the same time, I'm being told by everyone I have to keep my sobriety first. I'm going to lose it. So I'm just trying to, you know, basically I'm just trying to do what I'm told and just, that's it, you know, because, I mean, I've been sober for a couple years before, but I went back out again. So in reality, what the fuck do I know? Right. You know, but we all learn what we learn. I think, like, yeah. the, the funny thing about, like, relationships is, like, it takes us away from ourselves like like we have this thing in place so we don't have to be x or y or z because we have this thing and then when the thing is gone we're like wait a sec what do i who am i what do i have and all of a sudden you feel like you're not the same person so that's what i said that's that's basically what i said to her today i was like i don't even know what to do with myself yeah yeah i hear that but that's, I mean, it's, it's a fucking, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's that whole thing of, uh, you, it's an open door to, to a better thing. You know, you're going to fuck, the way you train your body, you're going to train your spirit and your mind, and you're going to be fucking a raging sober freak. I think that's a really good point, Dave, is like, you know, take how you apply yourself physically and do that spiritually, man. And mentally. And mentally. Well, I'm trying to, that's, that's kind of, uh. Multiple people have said that to me, um, you know, in you know, in the rooms and stuff, and I'm just, uh, I try to do everything like that, you know, business-wise, you know, training, rugby, everything, you know, just either, you either do it or you don't, what's the point of doing anything, kind of. Yeah. You know? Totally. Totally, man. We're sorry you're in pain, though. Yeah. We're glad you oh, called. We're, we're glad you called, and uh, and Dave also bought some fucking dopey gear. Yeah, that's right. I have my sweatshirt with me right now. How does it feel? It's hot spot in this house, but is it soft and fuzzy? It is. It's actually very comfortable. And then um, we can't say your gym name, right? We shouldn't. 
Whatever. I mean, I don't really care to be honest. No, I don't want to say it if we shouldn't. So I, I mean, I was gonna do a promote. Promo. Yeah. I was gonna promo, but it, it doesn't sound like you would want uh, that. No, it, no. <laughs> I don't know like how many people are gonna come from around the world, you know. But maybe they'll order shirts. Wild Bill shirts. The Wild Bill shirt, dude. I showed that to my dad, Dave. He thought it was hilarious. He thought it was terrible. Yeah. You're hey, Chris bought my the shirt that says Coach Dave on it. Yeah, and I'm just gonna get real fat and eat spaghetti and ice cream and walk around and rep his gym. Dude, you wouldn't. Chris is trimmed up. Chris is is insane. He's a fiend. He's a he's a yoga exercise fiend. Yeah. If you ever text Chris. He's either in class or in the gym or at going to yoga. Or on the elliptical, if Ugh. you count that. Ugh. Well, Chris, dude, that picture you sent me while wearing the shirt, you look pretty jacked up, man. Right? I was lifting, though. Yeah. It was like mid, in between smashing sets and busting reps, Dave. <laughs> it's, too, it, <laughs> it's too bad he's just such a fucking mental patient. <laughs> dude, literally, Dave, every single time I see the other Dave, the Dave I do the show with, all he asked me is, are you okay? And what's wrong with you? <laughs> Chris's ADD is so pronounced that he's got a good six minutes in him. After six minutes, it's just fucking south. It's downhill. He picks, he checks Instagram like he's fucking checking the stock market. Like, like what are you going to see on there, I'm man? I'm not even checking it, dude. I just, I'm literally just going through the cycling through the same five apps that... I, I don't know what it is. It's severe, it's severe like, no, it, mental it, it's, illness. It's literally like when your computer hangs and there's that little wheel spinning and it's like not doing anything, but it looks like it's doing something. Like that's what it is. Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch myself like scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and like not even realize what I'm looking at. Oh yeah, we all do. We all do. Completely, like it just dumbs you down so much. Totally right. That's You're not doing anything besides looking at what other people are doing. You know, I don't even see it. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking at. I do the same thing. I just don't do it. Like, I don't do it hardcore. Like when I'm hanging out with somebody I haven't seen in a few weeks, or in the middle of an episode of Dopey. Yeah, yeah. And if you are doing that, you kind of look like an asshole. You know. Well, you don't just look like an asshole. You basically are an asshole. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm too hard on Chris. But I want Chris to tell you, tell Dave about this amazing video that I'm working on. Oh yeah, Dave's making an amazing video. Yeah, tell him, <laughs> tell him all about it. He's, he took he, he took the first episode of Dopey and he's syncing up pictures to the actual show. And I thought it was going to suck, but he's actually put a tremendous amount of work in it. And it's kind of like tells a story with the pictures where anytime either one of us says something, he syncs it up pretty... Um, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good with like all different images. You say it so begrudgingly. No, it's not begrudging. Okay, like in images you found on the internet or images that you have? It's, both, mo- it's both. mostly It's mostly like Google images and then some pictures that Chris gave me and some pictures that I just have. It's like it, It's kind of like I'm trying to find a way for Dopey to be... On video, and I think that you could mix that up with animation, and it can really be something. Like I really think so. Oh, you definitely could get like animation of Chris like fighting a cop and breaking his arm and waking up hogtied in a prison cell. <laughs> I, I, I I basically did that. I I used I used like Homer Simpson as the Hulk, and then like <laughs> Superman is punching a cop. It's like pretty fucking funny. <laughs> 
It'll be out soon. It'll be out in like six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken me. It took me six days to cut thirteen minutes, and and the first episode is twenty six minutes long. And I'm going away for a couple of days, so I don't I don't foresee it being up in the next week, but maybe in two weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll watch it and I'll share it for sure. You know. You know. Have you ever seen that show? Um. Celebrity rehab. Yes, of course. He was at he was at my restaurant. Bob Forrest was at my restaurant today, and he's going to be on the next episode of Dopey. No way. For real. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And he was also uh, I was his patient, Dave, which is funny. Really funny. Yeah. No, I remember you telling me that back in the day. Yeah. And I think you've talked about it on the show before too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. So he's in on the next one. Uh, but we're air, we're airing <clears throat> we're airing your episode right now. Really, this is live. No, no. it'll be up in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I, I was going to ask. Did Did you tell the second part of those jail stories? Not yet. No, maybe the next episode after this. I, I just I didn't have it oh. in me to do it in this episode. You know, it takes a lot out of you going into those. Chris has been driving yeah, no, all day. I'm sure it was not the happiest time of your life. I, it was there were some happy moments. It's just like for me to get into that mindset. It's just like part of darkness. It's, it was pretty it was pretty dark. Yeah, for and sure. for me to say it and laugh at it, it's more like that because I just I I get into it and I, I'm like I was such a dick and even, and then I'm like laughing at the things I did that were like pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, like you fucking with that older guy. Yeah, yeah I know that's not good. Yeah, and I'm like yeah. laughing when I tell like, it. You're doing that. You're such a nice guy. <laughs> I know it was, it's he's bad. not he's not that nice a guy. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you're in there, you kind of just have to assimilate. Totally. And you know, David. Yeah, Dave did. Dave know, did no, some time. Oh, Dave did yeah, a few I months. Mean, you have to. You don't really have a choice. Yeah. You know, in part two, uh, Chris is going to tell when he roughed up the Asian guy. And I can't imagine how that's going to be funny. <laughs> I didn't rough up an Asian guy. I thought that was the start. I tapped him gently. I thought you roughed him up. I didn't rough him up. That's not even a word I would use. That's like a, a David, whatever your last name is, word. What, roughed him up? Yeah. Dave, what happened to you in jail? Did you rough up any Asians? Me? Yeah. In jail? Yeah. No. I, I was only there for a month. So I was just like reading books and doing push-ups every day. See, that's the way you do it. You don't rough up Asians in jail just because you're a big, looming white guy. Uh, all right, yeah, Dave. No, I wanted no trouble. Yeah. Anything that I could ever do, Dave, just don't hesitate to call. For real. I know. I won't. I won't. All right, man. Thank you for calling in, Dave. I hope everything... Um, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... There's nothing to say anymore. You know the deal. Yeah, I'll be all right. I know what to do. Right on. Okay. Right. I know what to do. All right, I love you, dude. All right, love you guys. Stay love strong, you Dopey Nation. All right, later. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Love Dave. Great guy. Um, here, you have a, you have you want to want to find uh, an email and we'll be done. Yeah, we'll find an email. Um, I don't want to pause it though. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just do it. Okay. You're gonna find one. Yeah, I will do it. Um, but I can't believe find- how much the Nerdle story sucks. You know, it's you so were fun. so excited to tell. I it too. know. Yeah. I know. Oh no, not this one. Did you you thought it sucked too? Is that is that your thinking? Oh dude! Motherfucker, we have Cormac's voicemail that we forgot to play. 
right. Well, are you gonna play? Uh, uh, you know, I'll just read his email. We're gonna Cormac. We're gonna play your your uh, voicemail. Is the email like a story or something, or what is it? Uh, is it a story or something? You want a story? It's 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 no. I think it's interesting. I'm gonna read it. Okay. Um, hi, Dave. Yeah, I am really on the fence about AA. It does kind of have a cult-like aspect. The way people parrot the catchphrases and terminology rubs me the wrong way. But when I'm quietly open and non-judgmental, it feels right. And I've heard a few individuals speak who really seem to have found a sense of purpose that I would like to achieve. I think it will still take me a while before I consider getting a sponsor. Right now, I'm not sure if I will ever go, quote-unquote, all the way. Uh... I think the best way to get people into the Reddit is to mention it on the show and maybe link to it from the main website. I'm starting to post in some other Reddits too, so hopefully that generates some interest. My years of lurking but never communicating in drug forms are really helping. Um, and he wants to... Okay. I would be honored to call in on the show. I'm going to be on family vacation. Um, I have a few good drinking stories, some weird kitchen chemistry stories, huffing chloroform, and I have chloroform, and I have tried some rare substances, amanita, muscaria, mushrooms, plus some recent shit with disassociatives, trying to cook dinner for my kids on desclorocetamine that put me on the recovery track. (laughs) Sorry for the long note. It's nice to have someone to bounce this stuff with. I think my wife is sick of it. Cormac. Cormac. Cormac started a subreddit on Dopey where he does very detailed show notes, which is super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Check it out. Subreddit Dopey, dopeypodcast.com. Write us a review. Drop us an email, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. We're done. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad was the Nerdle story? Uh, I think the first time I heard it, it was like a a 6. This time it was like a 4. Really? A 5. I mean, which do you think was better, the Nurdle or the Jugs of Piss? I prefer the Jugs of Piss. You prefer the Jugs of Piss? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But what are you going to do? I needed to... What? I'm really reaching for stories. The Jugs of Piss. The Jugs of Piss I just thought of it today. The Nurdle story doesn't make sense at this point. It doesn't make any sense. It's too bad. My favorite part is just you and the Nurdle. You know what my favorite part of the story is? It's that you found the box of Nurdles and your drugs were in it and then you delivered. It's just so strange. Like, I, I rarely lost drugs. Do you know what I mean? It's just such a weird... I never lost drugs. Yeah. But what happened was it was just that incredibly heightened anxiety coupled with guilt, coupled with fear that led to just yeah, stupid... Yeah, Woody Allen on meth. Kind of. Yeah. Anyway, stay strong, Dopey yeah, Nation. Right, we're just we're just doing our best. So Dave, we're doing our best. Hey, drop us a something and uh, thank you, uh, Peter. Thank you, Dave. Dave and Monero. Cormac, Monero. <laughs> the trip. The trip. Um, Dopey Tina. Nation. Tina. Yeah, Tina. The original. Troy and Troy was the first first person ever. Was Tina? Tina. No, Troy. Troy? Yeah, we had two Troys before Tina ever wrote it. Okay, all right. And everybody else. And everybody we love else. You all. And if we haven't responded to your email, we're going to get to it soon. I'm sorry. It takes us forever sometimes to do stuff. Stay strong. Stay strong and toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad 
wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by. And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had.